Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast. This week, the first in our ongoing series of Board Talk, rounding up the latest news and goings on in tabletop board gaming. Welcome back to Board Talk for September 2016, where we're going to round up some of the latest news in tabletop gaming and tell you a bit about what we've been playing, what we've been up to as well. Ooh. Um, I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Vinsky. I'm Joe Lewin. And I'm Jeremy Myland. And yeah, we're going to talk about all sorts of different things today. We've got quite a packed schedule and Aaron needs to go home. So we're going to talk and talk and talk <laughs> until he cries under the table. Um Yeah, there's been quite a lot going on in the tabletop board gaming world. We're going to talk about some of the mergers and acquisitions that have recently happened. Yay, Um, business! Yeah, but will affect pretty much everyone that plays games, um, and probably not in a a good way. Uh, We've had a bit of a breakup, cue sad music here. In the uh, in the board gaming world. Oh, okay. I thought you were kicking me out. I mean, I wouldn't have blamed you, but it was making me a bit sad. Oh, dead silence. Okay, cool. <laughs> you see, who told him? <laughs> um, and we have been playing all sorts of games. But first of all, a couple of weeks ago, as a group, we headed down to our local gaming cafe, a place called The Den. Ooh. So if anyone is in the Peterborough area, uh, this will be really, really useful to you. Yes. If not, we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of gaming cafes as well. Yeah. Um, so that will be useful for you uh, as well. But rather than us explain the concept of the den, we grabbed an interview with one of the founders of the den. So here you go. Oh, so we're here with uh, Adrian. We're here Adrian. with Adrian at the den, a pop-up games cafe um, here in Peterborough. Yes. Uh, so thank you for, for talking to us and letting no. us come along and play some games. No, no. You're more than welcome. Um, I'm very much looking forward to representing Atlantis, uh, the country <laughs> of my forebears, um, in your in your Olympics. Yes. Um, the, the mighty nation of Atlantis. <laughs> and Joe, you've picked Casnia, which is where it's, all the bad that's, guys that's come from. That's from DC Yeah. It was it was in an episode of like the animated season of DC, uh, the uh, Justice League animated season oh, okay. series, and it's like uh, so it was a thing as we kept cropping up. It's like yeah, essentially yeah. represents some kind yeah. of axis of evil. Sounds about right. Yeah, there are, there are a number of there are yeah <laughs> um, there were some, they, they weren't the friendliest of people. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, they, they've yeah. got quite a nice flag. Yes, it's very it's nice. Flag. To be fair, I couldn't I couldn't find a proper, I couldn't find a flag for Temescara or anything. So yeah, or anywhere on. Krypton. Yeah, so beyond <laughs> the use of flags. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, cool. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so just give us a little bit of background on the den and okay. um, well, how and why, really, yeah, well, I think. The why, I was invited by a friend years ago to essentially a to games cafe in London and I sort of, as I was sitting in there sort of playing some games, which is actually essentially when I was introduced to modern board games as well, mm. I, kept, I just kept things like, Something like this could work in Peterborough. And so, so over the years, all that, it sort of, all night, it sort of stewed in my mind. And it was actually um, when Close Encounters opened. And it's just, it, it kind of gone to my head thinking like, uh, oh, okay, I could kind of use this as like a measuring stick. If that's like still going after a year, maybe there's enough of a geek culture in Peterborough to support like a board game cafe. And so I happened to manage to remember after a year, it's like, oh, it's still going. They're doing well, and I sort of like you know, 
I sort of asked some friends if they'd be interested in coming on board with me. And they're still on board with me, with it, which is great. And yeah, it's like we made it happen. And here we are. Excellent. How long yeah. ago was that? Uh, what, the initial thing of going yeah. to the place in London? That was cool. Probably, it was maybe about five years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, for anyone that's yeah. listening that isn't sure, Close Encounters is our local comic book shop. Yeah. It's, our f- yeah. it's the first property ah, one we've had yes. in Peterborough. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have a market stall um, yeah. that did similar things, yeah. badly. Yeah. And then we've got this um, yeah. this amazing there, little shop. There was another comic book shop. It was, it was really out of the way. I, I happened upon it one time. It, it was really out of the way. Yeah, it was like, I just happened upon it. It was like, it was, yeah. So it goes, yeah, it's, a, it's a proper comic book shop. Yeah, because I mean, people would expect one to be. I've known yeah. a lot of people over the years that are into their comics and have never been told of another one. So yeah. it must have been fairly well hidden. But yeah, no, it, it's 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 an awesome shop and it's it's quite nice that it's given you a bit of inspiration to yeah. go off on this venture. Yeah. So you're currently working once a month. Uh, yeah, yeah, once a month currently. And um, is there, are there plans to expand that? Uh, there are. Yeah, I mean, my original plan was for it to be like in a fixed location that I open every day. Yeah. And so this is sort of like yeah, build up a customer base and yeah, and yeah. Also, if we wind up going for like yeah, someone to invest or something, mm-hmm. we can show them. Yeah, it's like look, this kind of works. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to assume you're all big board game players. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I, oddly, of of the lot of us, I'm probably the least big board game player. But I, I, I watch a lot of board game stuff, you know, I watch tabletop, I watch, you know, I watch, you know, the stuff on Geek and Sundry, you know, you know mostly Thursdays. <laughs> you find you're too busy organising things to, uh, to play as much as you uh, could? Because we find that we end up talking about there games is, There is a bit of that, yeah. Them. There is a bit of that, yeah. So, so all the organising is like, also like, yeah, when we meet up, it's like, it becomes a lot of like talking about the business and you sort of like get to a point, it's like, yeah, it's not like just playing board games like it used to. I don't know if I want to go there now. <laughs> yeah. I now kind of feel like we're stopping him playing games by making him talk about oh, it. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're deep no, down don't some worry. kind of Don't ins- worry about that. So we're, we're, we're running this, there's not much of the playing. It's great fun watching everyone have a great time playing mm. them though. It really is wonderful. But actually, yeah, the first event was probably my favourite thing. So we had like a bunch of people, like individual groups. And then they slowly merged into it with like one huge group at the back because we had like two long tables. They were awesome. one huge group at the back, so slowly all coming together and just oh, like really? making like having a laugh together. It's like just over board games. It was like that's what board games is about at its best. This is so great, and that was on the international table day. Excellent. Which was on our first time was because well we thought if we can if we can start it then then let's start it then. <laughs> yeah, it's a great time to, yeah. to get people involved. Is there, is there a most popular board game at these things? Is uh, that one that everyone seems to want to play? Uh, there are still a bunch of games that are very popular. Um, Suro is very popular. Camel Up is very popular, which is actually the game that everyone was playing at okay. the back, interestingly enough. Um, Master of Six was popular, but then it, they realised that all that kind of takes the entire time of being here to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, it's um, like a game of Twilight yeah. Imperium or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have a favourite board game? Do I have a favourite board game? Um, you can up as amongst them. Um, I, I very much enjoy Cash and Guns. Mm, yeah. Uh, Cash and Guns is, good, is a great one. Uh, I like games with like, like um, Articulate, games like that, where you're like, like sort of kind of trying to figure what people are talking about. Actually, you know, so you kind of look at that, you push it, it's great fun. I, just, I don't know, it's not such a board game, but it's great fun. It's, a little, it's one of those games that is very quick to play, but it's like, one more game, <laughs> one more game. 
Excellent. Yeah, uh, you've got a, an Olympics theme this yes. month. Is yes. the theming a monthly thing? Uh, we yeah, we've been doing a theme each month. Uh, we started with oh, well, I'm trying to run now. Uh, I'm trying to think what the first we last month we had history and heritage. I remember that one because Peter had like a big, her- big heritage festival yeah. in July. So, but yeah, it was fitting for that. We had Europe was the one the month before that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we decided the same. So what we figure is that if it's if we leave. The EU, then it's a yeah, it's a farewell to Europe, and if we don't, then it's a celebration of all things Europe. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, it works out either way. But <laughs> whereas we did a really cynical, nasty bit of comedy yes, we did. and sarcasm over about. Cyni- there's minutes. nothing wrong with them, but it's, <laughs> cynicism is good. You yeah. seem much more positive than us. We, had, uh, yeah, we, we, we created a board game in our minds. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> so you've got you're much more positive, and you've got much nicer t-shirts. I like your t-shirt. It's, uh, yeah. it's very good. Um, so well, we, we, we we spent money on the logo. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't. No, you. I, I'm halfway through making this one at the moment. Yeah, but we oh. slave labour. I look basically. Nice. I'm just seeing the new logo. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, so what's the what's the the special thing this month, sort of game wise? Uh, well, as I said, we have a dexterity tournament, which you know, features, well, dexterity games, push it, uh, lift it, which is all like using cranes sort of with the thing, and uh, Rhino Hero, and there's also the sort of overall sort of, like, yeah, sort of Olympic tabletop gaming, yeah, it's like, it's pick a country, you know, take, take a sheet each, and yeah, sort of fill in your scores and you know, how you do in the games, and then sort of leave the sheets behind, and afterwards I'll do witchcraft and maths. And come up with like a leaderboard, like like at the Olympics of the countries. Excellent. Sounds yeah. great. Well, I'm looking forward to playing some games. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. We might have to press you into showing us how to play Shadows of Camelot, because to my eternal shame, I've shed, uh, Shadows over Camelot. Just Camelot, isn't it? Is it Camelot? Yes. Shut up, Ron. Um, never played it. Whenever anyone goes. I thought you, did you mention it. Have I just made a thing up in my head? I do apologize. <laughs> That's fine. If you find a game called that, then I'm happy to help you. Yeah. You know. No, I'll <laughs> scrabble that then. But I'll appreciate if you find that. All the I, things you've oh, no, mentioned sound, sound really yeah, fun. We, we, have a lot, we have a lot of games. Yeah. So I probably, yeah. I, it, we, there is every chance we do, it, that we do, and I've forgotten. So we have a lot, yeah. yeah <laughs> we have a lot, yeah. I think we might be over 120 at this point. Nice. That's good. Yeah. You have to buy more things and catch up with you. Play Formula D again, Joe. Oh, yes, Formula D is great. Formula yeah. D is very good fun. Yes. I, I do enjoy it. It's the sort of game you don't get a chance to play so often, mostly because the board is so big. <laughs> it takes up a lot of space. Yeah, we um, borrowed it from the very similar uh, Meeples. Thirsty Meeples. Uh, Thirsty uh, Meeples, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I at, those, yeah. Uh, the UK Games Expo this, uh-huh. this year. Yeah. Uh, um, just for the end then, how can, if people are interested in coming along or seeing what you do, how can they get hold of you? Uh, Facebook is the best place. Uh, it's you know, the Den Games Cafe. Yeah, and um, the Den. In fact, we have. Oh, can't hear it. So it's, uh, yeah, the Den Games Cafe. At the Den Games Cafe, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, the Den Games Cafe is pretty much the same thing on everywhere you know, Facebook, Twitter in the Den oh. Games Cafe, you'll find us. Yes. We're on pretty much all social media. I love yeah, the so idea of us having a proper games cafe that's open yeah, every day. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would love to be able to get to that point. Yeah, so yeah. Come yeah. down and support them and we can yeah. help you make that event. Yeah. 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 Well, just to say, whilst we are currently at uh, the... Um, I forget where we are now. My ne- brain, the Neen Neen Valley, that's it, Neen Valley yeah. Community Centre. There is a possibility we'll be moving, but that will, there'll be an announcement. We'll let people, make sure that people are aware of that. Fully, there's a possibility. I mean, we're not sure. We'll see. You know, but uh, 
yeah, maybe no idea. So the, let people know. It's just, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Give give them a like on Facebook. Yeah, and, give us a like. You can follow along yeah. if uh, if anything yeah. changes. Uh, but that's great. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, so as we said, the Den isn't a fully established gaming cafe yet. It's a pop-up gaming cafe that happens once every month. Now, Aaron, I know you've visited several brick-and-mortar gaming cafes, well, if you like. Technically, so. I mean, first year Meeples, we all went to at the board games expo. I didn't actually go to the was, store there. Yeah, that was that was the pop up version of a brick and mortar yeah. thing, wasn't it? Oh god, um, yeah. So temporary over the course of the yeah. um, of the event. Yes. Yeah, and I've been to drafts in London. Cool. Um, for my birthday. Yeah, around that time, so about Novemberish time. It's a rocking birthday. Yeah, it was. Actually, I'm actually jealous. Didn't invite us. No, what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Well, not one of us, not one of us. <laughs> Either of the other two have you been to any of these gaming cafes? I haven't. I've really wanted to. I um, haven't had a chance to yet. Yeah, no, it's not something that I've I've had much of a chance to do. I've been to places where you mm. can borrow games. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, um, the Rift, our local shop, has a couple that you can play. Yeah. And we were quite politely, uh, politely? No, we were quite pleasantly surprised at the Hobbit Hole because um, they have a selection of games that you can borrow and play as well. Yeah. That's awesome. So some stores have a similar yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, gaming cafes are fairly new and recent. Yeah, and actually recently um, I was quite surprised to visit um, this, the Argo Lounge uh, in Peterborough City Centre, oh, right. um, which I think is actually quite uh, gamer-friendly. Um, while they don't have any what, you know, be modern board games... Good, they do, good board games. Yeah, <laughs> they do have a selection of, of classic board games that you can borrow and play in the... In the okay. Really? I've lounge. been in there several times and not noticed. Yeah, they've... Okay. The, um, so and I think they'll be quite open to... You know, you're playing other I've, games there. Too. I've walked past and looked at it and gone, I wouldn't fit in there and carried <laughs> on walking. It's really nice, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is <laughs> a classy joint. Um, not the kind of seedy dive which we'd expect you to frequent. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do we think of the idea? And Aaron, we're probably leaning heavily on you here. Good stuff is to them, yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked it, to be honest. If the location wasn't perfect because it was very echoey in there because uh, proper brick-faced building so there's a lot of echo of people chatting and stuff in yeah. there which is unfortunate but you pay a small fee to come in and then you because they're so busy you get a four hour slot uh, to play them not all, yeah. I don't think all ball game cafes run that they, yeah some places have different amounts of time some yeah. places let you just sort of hire a table for a day it depends yeah it depends yeah. On, their, on their busyness and they go a weekend so it was one of the busier areas um, but their board game selection was huge there was about eight shelves worth of games covering everything from the classic ones like the Argo Lounge do to um, yes yeah, so big games like Twilight Imperium and stuff um, are available there as well which I can't imagine how you'd fit a game of that in in that four hour slot but it's there um, but yeah we managed to get through about two three games cool. playing. Um, and they board game cafes normally because they're a cafe serve you food and drink as well yes um, yeah so, which is not normal because most game stores tend to frown on you eating and drinking at the tables because they don't want you to get their stuff damaged. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it's things. quite fair. Really. Yeah, yeah, it um, is. But this, it's obviously put into the price that you're paying a little bit to get in and play the game. So they've got kind of an insurance policy going on for any damage going to the games. Yeah, because if you've got a 40 quid game yeah, um, and it's 
five pounds to get in per person. Yeah. Cool. So if you've got eight people that, or two groups of four people that play this game, yeah. and it it gets ruined, it has kind of paid for itself. So yeah, yeah, it seems like it'll actually cover the the cost of itself quite quickly if things were to get damaged. So yeah, it, yeah I can I can see the yeah. the benefit of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if they if they also sell games, they do. Then they're probably buying the games in at retail price, so yep. it's actually less less sunk cost. Yeah. In that case, um, and they're probably hoping that you'll play something that you really like and make a purchase. I mean, at yes. the Games Expo, we played Good Cop Bad Cop mm-hmm. in a big group yeah. um, of people that didn't know each other very well because um, we had some visitors yeah. um, as well. Yeah. And I liked that enough to pick that up. I didn't buy it directly from them. Uh, but no. I did buy it later. If they were selling it, I would have bought it from them because I'd feel duty bound. They're the ones that let me buy yeah. the game and play it. Exactly same thing happened. Uh, um, drafts. Um, we played. Uh, me and my wife played um, Suburbia. Yes, which she which really still, really got on with. You still haven't brought. No, I haven't play. brought for her to play. No, Curse. we haven't had a proper board game day though. To be fair, yeah, it's a not long, but it's a expansive one. Um, but yeah, my wife really really enjoyed it, um, and I found it really fun. So was going to buy it they didn't have a copy there at the time but I went and bought it when I got home and have it now yeah. because I played it there there were a couple of other games that I played that I now won't buy because I know they're rubbish <laughs> which is really nice to be able to actually yes. test that beforehand yeah. as a person who has kind of like a, an, a horrible magpie like tendency to see a review of a game or hear someone talking about a game or someone just mentions a game's name yeah. nearby. Or I've often found that if we're in a gaming shop and there's something I think looks cool and would like to play if I wave it at you for two seconds you go ooh and then buy it yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then it's crap <laughs> yeah, and then I and then I sell it at expos and get some of my money back and go ooh I've really bought this so this is free money I can spend it on crack and blackjack and hookers and heroin and Gum, gummy bears for my eyes. No, uh, more games generally. Brief moment there, I thought it said Kraken Blackjack, and I thought that's some fascinating new game I haven't heard. Of. Yes. Yeah. If you fail, you get thrust into the sea and eaten by a giant squid. Yes. Mmm, delicious squid games. Right. Um, what do we think of the den itself then? Because we went along. We are not contractually obliged. They have paid us no monies. No. Nope. Uh, so we can be completely brutally honest. I thought for for pop up cafe it was it was actually quite well organised yeah. and that the uh, the people there were very helpful um, and you know got yeah, uh, yeah I really enjoyed myself I yeah. had a great afternoon but when you, when you say helpful I mean I often find with anything like this there's a fine line between helpful and interfering yeah, yeah. and I don't think they cross that line they no. pop over and go oh is everything you you doing all right yeah cool and then we we'll yeah. just leave you be which was really nice yeah they offered to help explain things yeah yes and it when we said no we are men we shall forge ahead on our <laughs> well, own and I think fail. It, it was mostly no he's rules bastard pointing yeah. at me yeah. uh, he'll yeah. look at the book and tell us how to play yeah and then I did yeah um, which was the, absolutely fine yeah the food service yeah. was good as well mm, yeah, um, the food was nice the milkshakes were good mm. it didn't Very take nice five years to get anything which was nice and yep. they didn't charge through the roof for them that was one thing I did no. found in drafts which even London prices some of their prices for their food and drink were ridiculous which again might be a way of them recouping some of the potential of damage course. the food does to, I, you could almost put a, this damages game tax on certain food yeah um, yeah um, I would assume a bit like quite often in um, the hospitality trade, your money's coming from your drinks and such like, yeah, and yeah. actually the table space, especially consider rent in London. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to be renting a space to play games, yeah, you need some way of making oh, money yeah, back. And London's ridiculously expensive. Yeah. That's why we all live in a windmill in the country, <laughs> Peterborough. What am I saying? 
words. Yeah. It, was also, it was also really nice that they, you know, they would serve you at your table. They would also take your order at your table if you're in the middle of a game. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really, really good. You wouldn't have to break off and uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that the the table service of coming over and taking orders, potentially dropping off if it got really busy. Yeah, it might be um, difficult to keep on top of, but, but they. I mean, they they gave you a little thing with a table. You well, you each table had a table number. So yeah. if you're on table so and so, much like any other place that does food normally would yeah. do. Yeah. So yeah, no, generally it was it was really really good, and we played some pretty good games there as well. Yeah. A wide selection of games. They did. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things I really liked is that each month is themed. Mm. And when we played, it was themed around the Olympics because it was the end of August. Yep. At the end of August. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the it was the end of August, so the Olympics had been happening that month. So they had a dexterity games tournament that we joined in. Yeah, well, um, three of us joined three in. Three of us joined in, and one of us was turned late. up eventually. Turned, yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then dangled your worm with your wife. I did. <laughs> Playing some kind of Dang, crazy... ten- tentacles, wasn't it? No, it was worms. It's Still a fishing worms. game. Well, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, I, they looked like tentacles to me. They, yeah. they did, and they felt like tentacles, they but were, they were worms. They felt amazing. What game was that? that uh, Wishes for Fishes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I had no interest in playing the game, but the, the, the temp- I could have just awesome. quite happily squashed the worms <laughs> into yeah. my face and enjoyed the feeling of them. They were very pleasant. Um, yes, we played all sorts of dexterity games. How did that go? Well, one of us might have won the tournament. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, due to, due to dodgy um, rulings on point scoring in my opinion um, yes but Jamie won which is actually becoming something of a habit yeah, if we're going to have a song I'd have to up my game yeah. um, this is interesting because I know Jamie's not the most competitive game not at all no. Joe is and yeah. Joe keeps coming second to Jamie yes, like in the Netrunner tournament yeah. and that kind of thing it makes um, me happy in a way I can't really describe you're on my team piss off <laughs> But we also we also played. There was someone else who joined in that part with us. Yeah, and when we played the resistance later on, someone else joined in. Yeah, um, and we got some of the staff joining in when we played concept. So it was quite nice to meet new people and play games with some yeah, new yeah, people was. as well. It was a slightly more sort of sociable experience. Quite a lot of the gaming cafes will have you can put a flag up and say join us, join us. Yeah, and you can you know if you're yeah. there's only two of you but you want to play some bigger games. You can mm. go along, join in. Like a crap cult recruitment seminar. Yes. <laughs> and would you a like cult recruitment come? seminar. Very yes. organised business like cult. Yes. <laughs> I think Jamie was going to say something sensible. I was just going <laughs> <laughs> to say as well, I thought it was really nice that there was quite a wide range of age groups uh, and people yeah. there. Yeah. 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 There were some of those like, proper little people that yeah. only just <laughs> come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new in box. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, well, there were... <laughs> the <front> Lightly <laughs> soiled... <laughs> I think there were um, sort of two family groups there. Yeah. Um, I think the lady that played with us in the skill tournament was with one yeah. group, mm-hmm. um, possibly a parental figure, and then there was another group as well that were playing games. And yeah, it was really nice to see mm. stuff catered for all ages. Essentially, yeah. um, if they do one while I have my daughter with me for the weekend I'll quite happily take her along and get to play yeah. games because she loves that kind of stuff yeah. anyway and as we said there was a wide selection of games so mm. there were things suitable for younger gamers yeah. there were things that you know us old crusty we like a challenge gamers were quite happy to, to play uh, and get stuck into so it was a nice selection of, uh, of different things um yeah, just shall, quickly. Oh, sorry. So, shall we talk about the actual dexterity games you played? Yeah, that that was exactly what I was going going to say. Excellent. Um, so, if we start off with the dexterity tournament and talk about the couple of other games we played, yeah, yeah. Yes. Brief thing. yeah, yeah. So there were three games we played. Yep. Um, 
Should we start with um, Push It? Yeah, Push It was like a it was like crokinole light. Mm, yeah, okay. like crokinole without the board. All right, you yeah. could play it on a table. Yeah, so rather than having a hole in the middle, like yeah. you're doing crokinole and pegs, you put a centre. It was a, it was crokinole crossed with bowls. no, not bowls. Um, um, curling. curling, curling, Yeah, mm. so you you flicked your pieces to get it near the middle one. Okay, but you could flick the middle one flying across the board. Yeah, and if then, you knocked it yeah. off, you lost, and you could knock the other person's things. And after everyone's flicked, it's whoever had. I the managed contest. to get an accident, accidental awesome block where I managed to flick. Uh, one of the kind of puck things at the target in the middle of the table it then rebounded off that and stopped directly in front of the opponent's next move yeah thanks nice. so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they couldn't really actually flick theirs which wasn't was... that when I got annoyed flicked it a bit too hard and knocked yes. the thing off and lost That's yeah, like, so I was annoyed as, as the owner of Crokinole I'm quite happy to say that I managed to beat both Joe and Jamie at that um, but then lost to the lady who joined us, and it was the only game she she won because I got cocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Sucks. And she was a great sport. She, um, oh yeah, she was. Yeah, um, great and she was great fun to play play games with. Um, but I got I got really cocky and was trying to be clever, and then she just absolutely hammered me. I don't, I don't think I scored a point. Um, so I, I learned a, 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 a pleasant lesson in hubris. We'll see. <laughs> no, I, I learned nothing. I never learned anything. I'm too old to learn. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. If you like these kind of things, it's a really easy one. You just need to take the pieces with you. You can play anywhere. Yeah, and awesome. a nice little box and you, yeah, any, any flat surface. You could even mm. lie down on the floor and flick things at each other if you really wanted to. As long as you've got a smooth area yeah <laughs> buying the game makes that more fun so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so secondly we had um, lift it so we had push it and we had lift it oh, I was terrible at this I loved lift it I was I, so uncoordinated really is this the one with the crane yes yeah. it was really really good um, and I did really well against Brian and the woman um, we don't have a name, which is unfortunate. Yes, I think it was yeah. Laura. Possibly. Mm. Um, yeah, and then uh, again, it came down to four. me <laughs> playing against Jamie, and I got. Shall we stuck. describe what it is? Yeah, yeah, because I, I always saw it was the crane, and it was, it's mate. You've got a selection of different three-dimensional shapes. Yeah, yeah, they're um, like Tetris pieces almost. But okay. Slightly more advanced. So yeah. some of them are very blocky Tetris pieces, but yeah. there are also circles in there. Oh, there's, yeah. there's a, oh. A, cyl- a cylindrical tube and a sphere in there too. Ooh, or yes. for the less the less um, highfalutin, a pipe and a ball. I was just about to explain that way. Then you use this wonderful technical language um, and made me feel very as a, the as a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Precision is key. Yes, I'm a geometrist, don't you know? <laughs> No, <laughs> shapes are rubbish. You're a geometrist, Harry. <laughs> but it, I mean, it was it Take was really the good. Pipe <laughs> to cast your spells. <laughs> Sorry. So, what you would do in the game is a um, a card would be flipped over. Both of you would get a chance to have a look at it. Yeah. And the card would have a time limit on it, and okay. you had to build as much of the structure on the picture out of the shapes you've got as quickly as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was I found it really easy until I played against Jamie and we had a really complicated thing which was yeah. 
very similar to something I'd done already, but I couldn't get one piece to do what I wanted to. Yeah. I, I think on the first game I played of the day, I kind of looked into a really good technique, and yeah. I just reused that every time. And yeah, because yeah, you were the, doing the, things very differently the to what I was. Gimmick with that is that you don't just pick things up and move them around with your hands. You've got a plastic crane with a dangly bit of string and a hook on the end. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, and you've got to yeah. swing it and hook it in, lift it up, and move. And you it. can only use that crane to affect the pieces. So Ooh, yeah. that sounds evil. Yeah. yeah. So I managed to just have everything swinging while. Wildly demolishing nearby buildings if this was some kind of real life crane. Um, I'm very, very glad for the people around me that I didn't go into the construction industry because it would have become the destruction industry very, very quickly. Um, yeah, like we, we noticed um, picking it up, getting it into place. It wasn't quite in place, just, just swinging the hook into it a couple of times to knock it a little bit because yeah. they weren't heavy. Um, was interesting. Now, obviously, it sounds a bit weird. Like, how are you how are you hooking it? Each of the pieces, like if you imagine the, the long bar one, for example, yeah. had holes all the way along on all sides okay um, so if you imagine the plastic cubes that you click together that have the circle the the, 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 the maths cubes yeah the recess circle and one that sticks out that you can push in yeah. if you imagine it built out of that but Lego being hollow all the way through no because yeah. the, the circle holes make yeah. a point so you could if you built a shape out of that and hollowed it out that's kind of what it was yeah mm. um, yeah it, it was lots of fun there is a upgraded version as it were what makes it more difficult where the game also comes with headbands <laughs> and you attach the crane to a headband yep um, which is quite sounds really I'd difficult I'd lost an eye yep um, and on top of that you can also play it as a team right where you hook two of the crane bits to a single hook yeah and then you have to work together to lift <laughs> oh. um, the guys that run the den were saying that they have quite a lot of fun when drunk using the headband and doing it as a team <laughs> thing, trying to build stuff. Yes. I think we'd punch each other yeah. in frustration. It's like, you're doing it wrong. I did anyway. Damn you, Colin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it, it was good fun. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was that Different. Was, yeah, it was something I was terrible at, but still enjoyed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and finally, uh, we had uh, Rhino Hero. And uh, by Haber Games, H-A-B-A. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and um, that was that was a lot of fun. That was amazingly good. Yeah. Brian, Brian and I had a uh, an, an epic final. We did, we um, did. Where I, th- I think rules weren't particularly clear and we got confused. Well, we were we were screwing each other over by very lax interpretation of where things should go. So we were. Um, what <laughs> what yeah. is Rhino Hero? Is Rhino Hero? You get like a controller with some coloured buttons on it, and you press them, and you lift the rhino's legs. Yeah, you get you get a plastic rhino, and if you lick his neck, his leg comes out on the screen. And no, <laughs> no. Um, what it is, you have a, a set of playing cards. Okay. Um, essentially, well, well, cards that you play with, as opposed to actual playing cards, and on each one, it has a set of sort of L shapes. Mm-hmm. So they might be with the points facing inwards, yeah. or they might be uh, in different opposite corners. Yeah. And those L shapes show you where you have to put wall segments. Okay. So you have another set of cards that are bent in half into these L shapes. Yeah. You place them on in the correct place and place another segment on top. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so it's the, like building those cards. Like towers. a card tower, but sideways. Kind okay. Of, almost a bit like Jenga as well, in that you're constructing kind a more wob- yeah. wobbly edifice. Yeah. So. The card you put on top when you've played your walls 
um, dictates where the next person has to put their cards. Okay. So you're trying to play ones that are going to unbalance it on their go or going to be tricky yeah. for you. You'll also have symbols where you have to place the rhino once you've, uh, <laughs> once you've placed your, your It's really on. badly balanced. Uh, no, it's a little wooden meeple type piece. Yeah. But if there's already, the rhino's already in the building, if another rhino comes down, you have to take it out and put it Ooh, on. Yeah, there's yeah. only one rhino hero. So you A lot of... Rhino peasantry that doesn't quite the building, but <laughs> yeah, only, only just one hero. Yes, Jamie used to show me a picture of uh, Brian and Joe playing the game, and I vaguely remember seeing this in the background and screams of frustration as it tumbled oh, over. There, yeah. there basically, I it got to the point where we would put it on and then take a giant leap away from the table just so you weren't touching it when the other person. <laughs> yeah, it's taller than I could reach. Yeah, <laughs> I had to tiptoe to, to finally lose. <laughs> if you don't already follow the critical twits on uh, Twitter, uh, and if you listen to this. Why not? But, um, <laughs> Do it, you fools! Uh, but if you, if you scan back uh, to the 27th of August, there's uh, some rather amusing pictures of Brian <laughs> and Joe playing this game. Uh, yes. it, it was... The tension you can you can sense. Bizarrely, by the time it got down to me and Brian, I think my sugar levels had dropped and my hands were shaking, <laughs> which is very unusual for me. Um, so I'm sat there going, I don't even want to go near it because I'm just <laughs> try and drop that in place and run away. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah it was so, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, great fun, and that was the dexterity tournament. Yeah, um, but we did play some other games as well. Yes, um, you played Wishes for Fishes. If fishes, if wishes were fishes, sorry, cool. if it's such a mouthful. Fishes. I can't remember how to actually pronounce if it. Wishes yes. Fishes, which so was eat your dishes. Yeah, so it's a little bit like a worker placement game. So you collect fish, which you've got a limited amount of space in your boat to hold them. Yeah. And you can either cast them off, and they they can cast your wishes for setting them free. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's quite um, cute. But you get little things, or you can sell them to the market. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you've got magic wish-giving fishes that but you, you just then, go ah. Yeah, boil my salmon, you mother. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. madness. Um, did, quite, did you sell them to Captain Bird's Eye? It did, <laughs> it did look a little bit like cats yeah. on the box, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then those market stores can get full. Obviously, once they've got excess fish, they can throw them in the trash. That's even worse. There's a literal garbage heap that you throw them in, throw these fish full into. Full of magic fish. Yeah. Jeez. i look at fish fingers in a completely different light. Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were magic once. Yeah. <laughs> Make a wish every time you have a fish finger, and maybe uh, some of the residual power still lurking within its crispy shell. Uh, I wish I was rich. Bite into it; there's a penny in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you snap a tooth and get a hideous dentist's bill because socialism is dead, as is the NHS. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Too so real. Just, a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is about moving the demand in the market around and trying to fill it up and get the right wishes to flog off as many of your cars at the same time as once because you get bonuses for uh, doing more at the same time. Um, and it also comes with, um, like, plastic, I suppose they are. Worms that feel like the old... Like boglins, actually. Mm. They felt if, like boglins. Yeah, if <laughs> you've been watching... Jim positioned a little bit, yeah. <laughs> if you've got children you will have encountered at some point the uh, weird stretchy centipede things yeah. that kids seem obsessed with because yeah, they're yeah. bizarrely cool. having played with them again I can understand why they're weird yeah, yeah. thankfully they smell disgusting so you're not going to want to put them in your mouth because they do feel like gummy sweets yeah yeah but they have that horrible plastic smell yeah they stink it mm. doesn't stop children eating them oh dear uh, yeah so probably don't play this with children 
although it is a kid's game and it's won family game awards and stuff like that um, I don't play games with children <laughs> you look away for ten seconds and there's like three of them hanging out of their nose and one in their ear and they do that's just playing it with Brian yeah um, I, I am the child of the group yeah and so they, they have been made sort of for size they can't fit in children's orifices but <laughs> after exclusive critical twitter testing <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Cool. Um, Did you have fun? Yeah, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It was fairly easy to pick up, so that was really helpful for that kind of scenario. Mm. Um, yeah, it took a turn, me and, all got, and me and my wife kind of figured out exactly how to do things, and it was it was good. Cool. Awesome. We played, before you arrived, Darren, uh, the tortoise and the hare. No, the hare and the tortoise. The hare and the tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> which oh, had just uh, changed that. Which I have yeah. to say, you had um, like one of the nicest boxes I've yeah, 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 it's really pretty. It's like, like a book, yeah. storybook. Yeah. Oh, that's very really nice. Yeah. yeah. So it opened up a bit like a book, um, Ooh, and how it had quite a nice. The the board was quite nice that it changed each time, even though it didn't even, make yeah. a difference. Mm-hmm. It looked different on a superficial level. There, there is a very the only difference that that makes is where the rivers are. Yes, which yeah. can impact the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was pretty. The pieces were nice. It had little. Like massively superfluous podiums and yeah. gates and all kinds of stuff. It's just very nicely themed. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's all about racing animals, so like the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. But you also had a fox, a sheep, a wolf, and that was it. Yeah, and, and the hare and the tortoise, obviously. And the hare and the tortoise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Who all have different rules for moving, and basically you play cards to goad them along. Yeah, the big, the beginning of the game, you get given a character that you are betting on winning and you get to pick another one from a set of cards you get given yeah um and then basically you are trying to make your two come as high on the podium as possible okay yeah but you're drawing cards sort of at random so you might end up with a bunch of cards that you don't want so it's then tactically using those based on because each animal moves differently based on the number of cards down yeah so there was sort of a level of sort of tactics and such yeah, like to it. There's a little bit of sort of set set matching. Um, yes, yeah, and I could imagine that could be in a really good fun game for younger. Yeah, because it was it was simple, but there was a bit of depth to it, and yeah, it, yeah. actually, it was really fun. It was actually yeah. fun. It was it was quick. It was very quick. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush out and buy it, but no, I'd but happily I'd play, play it again, it again if yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. See, whereas I might buy it for playing with rocks because I think she yeah. did do it. Yeah. Cool. Um, the game that I think we probably had the most fun with, though, uh, and we played as a as a bigger group, mm. yeah. uh, was the game Concept. Yes, yeah, that was excellent. Wonderful. Oh, now, to try and explain the concept of Concept, <laughs> I need a series of pictures. <laughs> um, concept, you draw a card, and on that card is a concept, a thing. It could be a celebrity, it could be an emotion, it could be a famous phrase or saying, it could be a place. There's all sorts of different things it could be. Mm. Uh, and they, they're graded by difficulty. And then without communicating verbally, the people trying to explain will put down a series of... You've got various different markers that you can use on the board. The board yeah. is full of different ideas represented by pictures yeah. so you might say um, you might have Al Capone for instance yeah. and you will put um, the biggest sort of exclamation marker explaining what it what it is on the sort of celebrity or person, to, uh, person. Yeah. Yeah. then you might put another marker down on um, history yeah. 
and something saying that they're real, so it's a real historical person. Then maybe someone else in crime, crime, or violence, or yeah. something similar. And you you build up this idea. You have little cubes to link ideas yeah, to um, different things. I'd say one interesting thing is the icons and the symbols and images on the board can be interpreted in different ways. Yes. Yeah. yeah you you get a really nice sheet with it that says this icon is normally interpreted as this, this, or this. Yeah. So you might have the. Um, I'm trying to think of a good, a good example for one. Ah, oh, brilliant. Jamie's just me some pictures. <laughs> um, so there is a, a heart, for example, which could yeah. be love, could be romance, could be Valentine. You know, there, there's, there's all kinds of different things you can link these things to. It could yeah. be life. It yeah. could, yeah, this this is it. There's... Um, yeah, and there's... It, oh, sorry. It's a, it, it comes across very similar to code names. Yes. Where you are trying to essentially figure out the group's way of interpreting those pictures, so you're trying to find a similarity yeah. in that interpretation. Yeah, you're giving clues to try and, and solve it. Yeah, um, it reminded me of dingbats. Yeah, dingbats. No. Yeah, and it's it's basically a it's kind of like charades or charades, yeah. but you know using pictures instead of miming on a yeah on maybe a less silly level. Yeah, and and. Having the depth of being able to link ideas, which is really nice. Yeah, uh, I mean, like for example, the um, the easier things were stuff like what what um, what were the, the easiest set? I can't remember any. We had like train, I think. Or yeah, so very simple things you could play with. Again, you could use with kids if you wanted yep. to. On a medium level, we had things. We quite struggled with the Jungle Book. That was medium, uh, we wasn't took it? a while on that. That was medium. Yeah, so you have like famous books of films. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't it was the Blue. Jungle Book. It was Blue, and it was trying to get that, to yeah. use yes. book and nature and, and fiction and, and character and, and singing and, and then grey for and the blue. bear and blue. Yeah. yeah, and it, it, it gets so to a point where you overcomplicate things. Trying yeah, to explain so a few bits. times you go right. Let's start again, and and you'd you'd work your way through. And yeah, it was very it was very interesting. We got um, very stuck on one of the. Was it one of the hard ones where we had Eureka? Yeah. Where you're going, okay, it's an exclamation, it's to do with science, it's to do with happy. It's, it's to do with water. Because we yeah. had the and we were mouth. trying to make link to when it, the, the original story yeah. of when it was used. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It was yeah. a really good fun game. And really, really good. I Just while you were discussing that, I just bought it. <laughs> I just remembered how much fun I had with it. And... Um, it's yeah, it was it was great. It's yeah. a completely different kind of game to what we normally yeah. play. On a on a strange level, you could relate it to Dixit. Mm. Yes, yeah. Um, and if you enjoy games like Dixit, like Code Names, like stuff like that, that's your more information based games than it is competitive I love, or anything yeah, like puzzles. that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a puzzle, but you're puzzling out the delivery of the puzzle as well mm. as the interpretation and, and it changes because you take turns delivering in, in the clues or receiving mm. the clues so it, you're playing two different games yeah, and yeah. I love that kind of thing that's definitely worth mentioning as well the kind of the pair scenario yeah so if say there were six players it would go, go round in groups of two yeah, um, yeah. take well, it, it in turns if you take the four of us here um, it might be Joe and Jamie will deliver a clue and then Jamie and Aaron will deliver a clue, then me and Aaron will deliver a clue, then me and Joe, and you'll yeah. go round like yeah. that, because that's the order that we're saying. And then yeah. and the player who guesses it gets 
like two points, and the people who've been trying to put across the impression get a point, get a point each. Each. And yeah. if you're struggling as a pair to to actually get the idea across, you can always bring somebody else in. Yeah, yes. you can you yeah. can invite someone to join in, which means they would get a point for explaining, but they would lose out on the opportunity of getting two points by guessing it. Yeah. So it becomes a weird. There's almost a bit of a sort of yeah. If I didn't have a clue what that what on earth was going on, I'd volunteer myself. But if I felt like I was nearly there, I'd be like, no. I want yeah, there's to a couple of times where where I think me and you both went, no, I don't want to join your team because I reckon I can get this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think another thing that's actually quite similar, probably to Dixit, is that with Dixit, um, a lot of it relies on your kind of relationship with the other people around the table yes. and knowing what they know and the kind of the in references. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like well, my my favourite Dixit moment we've had. Was we were all playing it at Rob's with our normal group. I yeah. think this was where. I wonder, maybe we weren't playing at Rob's. No, I think we were playing at one of our other friends' houses. Yeah, we were. And um, I I played um, down. I, I used the word a heroes as my. This is what yeah. I'm putting down. Yeah. Yeah. So expecting every, everyone will put down things like, haha, look, this is a person stabbing a dragon, etc. Yeah. And put down the picture of a feast. Yeah. Because a hero's feast is a and d thing. Yeah. Um, thinking, haha, Brian and Aaron will get this because uh, they've played yeah. it and the other person doesn't roleplay with us and so I won't have a clue. Yeah. And then you've got, that's your best ideal thing in Dixit because if you make it so obvious everyone gets it yeah. and you get penalised. If only some people do, then that's great. That's yeah, so it was yeah. like, haha, this will work. And weirdly our other friend got it and I think potentially Brian I got did. it. I didn't. I don't uh, think. No. Oh, yeah, because you, you, while you had played some with us, you hadn't played enough to get the the link. No. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a really interesting. That that was cool, and it links very nicely to this. In the yeah. again, like you said, knowing the group you're playing with. Yeah. So it was great to go along to to the den because people doesn't have a brick and mortar gaming cafe yet. I know that's something yeah. they're working on and they're working towards. Uh, but really happy to uh, to support them to go along. Ooh. If you are in the Peterborough area, uh, we'll pop a link below where you can go along and see when the next one is. And we will probably, I don't know if all of us can make it, but most of us will be mm. there yeah. Uh, yeah. playing some games and uh, joining in. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Moving away from fun things to the business side of things, as Aaron said. Yes. Um, there have been a, a couple recent developments in board games that we thought we'd talk to you um, about uh, and give you our sort of perspective and, and impression of them. The first one, then, Asmodee, about six weeks ago, acquired F to Z Entertainment, which covers Z Man Games. Mm. Philosophia and Plaid Hat. Yeah. So three other companies all in one. Yeah. Uh, covering like Carcassonne, um, Pandemic, yeah. uh, Plaid Hat, do Dead of Winter, the oh, recently yeah. released Ooh. Seafall, or just yeah. sort of coming out. Seafall, um, big companies. Mm. Yeah, this actually gives them control um, over uh, Days of Wonder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight Games. Mm-hmm. They own the Catan series, which they bought off of Mayfair. Mm-hmm. Um, Da, 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 da. Let's have a quick look. Um, a lot of the big Euro games are out there. They they've got the rights to now. Yeah, they 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 own just just to go through um, some things. Ticket to Ride, Dixit, Citadels, Talismans, Small World, Seven Wonders, and Catan. As Wikipedia has just told me. Yeah. Mm. Um, but big games. Yeah. They now own Bar Bar sort of Hasbro and Mattel. Mattel. They're probably it's the it's the biggest group who own board yeah. games you know board game publisher mm. 
in the world. Yeah. What do we think of the idea of so many games being brought under one roof into into one company? <laughs> there are potentially, well, I'm going to basically play devil's like it's some benefits to it. Yes. As they're a large company, they now have more purchasing power for shipping crates which can be really expensive and buy yep. bigger ones and ship more in one go they've got more leeway with manufacturers they could obviously get the pieces built a little bit cheaper which potentially could then pass down on to cheaper prices for the games yeah. however yeah I mean just talk about economies of scale yep um, so anything that's bought en masse um, will be cheaper yeah. uh, the economy of, of having one distribution network you know one place that you go and say I want all these massive popular games and you tick three boxes and you get a huge shipment to your shop yeah. uh, for instance is you know potentially very very good yeah. however having played Netrunner we all know the evils of the mega corporation <laughs> Yeah, I mean, before we jump into all the bad things, um, I think as another positive potentially is if you've got this one big company that's that's doing all this stuff, and we'll get into some more specifics of this recently happen, occurring mm-hmm. later, acquiring licenses may be easier because they've mm. got more money to put behind it. So you yeah. might actually find a few things that weren't being licensed so much before might then become an option because there's more money to shove behind this these things. As an aside to that, there's also probably the potential of cross-pollination between uh, some of these licenses. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean... I mean, looking at WizKids, for example, yeah. you have Marvel, DC, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Yu-Gi-Oh, etc. You don't really see that kind of crossover in anything else. No, but one company owning more than one license for lots of different things might allow something like that to occur. Yeah. Whether or not that will be good is another question. No, but... but... The ability to do it is yeah interesting. That's very true. Also, on the potential yeah. positives, potential positives, right? Um, now they're the sort of size that's likely to be rivaling Hasbro and Mattel. Mm. And in recent years, we've started to see games like Catan in sort of just general stores. Yeah. Do you think there's more likely that some, you know, what we'd consider? Well, yeah, yeah. If they've got the buying the advertising, power, yeah. yeah. Well, they don't need to. They can walk into. W. H. Smiths and go. Okay, well, you 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 but you sell some games. Well, we we can prove this sells this many copies, right? You you, we've got this. We can yeah. get it cheaper for this price because they can again reduce. Plus. I mean, yeah, yeah. See it at the high street. Talk, talking about pop culture and stuff as well, and and how these things are becoming more and more um, mainstream. Yeah. Really, um, you do have a lot of programs now that reference things far more openly. It's not just. We're playing on the computer. You know, you, you have a lot of things where there it's we're playing Halo and things like that yeah. you mentioned. But you you moving into into things. Um, the best example is probably something like the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, which I know there are mixed mixed opinions about, but that has very much brought a lot of games like that into the limelight because people have gone. They always play this. What's this? And I'm yeah. sure that has boosted sales. Yeah. So if yeah, more things yeah. like that go on, so you, think, so you start seeing things like Orphan Black. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a lot of um, quite good board games played in that show. Yeah, there is. I mean, they the little dig, uh, not digs, but it was a way of showing it's being more acceptable. It's played by a group of kids. Yeah. Somebody who isn't should comes to join. Yeah, no, I like this and mm. sits down and plays of it. And yeah, I got really excited. It's, it's not board game related, but I got really excited in Orange Is the New Black when they made a direct reference to my favourite bunch of books. Yeah. Um, which is the Name of the Wind series, uh, King Killer Chronicles yes. by but, Patrick Rothfuss. 
and the guy went oh you've got this oh my god I love the other one and I just went oh, I like those and it's being mentioned by name in a yeah. thing yeah. and I loved when Stranger Things opened with a game of Dungeons yeah. and Dragons yeah, yeah. so yeah it is nice to see less mainstream interest reflected in pop culture but then yeah. that strengthens an interest in those particular interests oh yeah. god um, and it, you, know, you create almost like a feedback loop Yeah, I think a lot of things are popular because they, they're popular because they're talked about and they're talked about because they're popular and yeah. it, it goes round and round and round and round and I, I think interestingly enough we're, we're, we're in a strange strange port, point where society is is taking more things on board at the moment yeah um, Comic books are the recent thing that everyone's gone. They used to be the realm of geeks. Mm. Now it's very mainstream. Um, possibly because the licenses have been bought by big companies that have advertised it in the correct way yeah. and pushed yeah. things in the correct way. And so you might actually see... Because when you say board games, Most your normal person thinks of Monopoly, yeah. Cluedo, and other things that are shit. Yes. You introduce a lot of people to the what we would consider the better side of board games, the more involved things, the more exciting things. And most people quite actually quite like them. Bizarrely, yeah. the same way that comic books have gone, hey, look at some stuff that people you thought were geeky before, but actually you can enjoy. Yeah. So you might find, again, it, it really is a, a massive boon. Yeah. But. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think I will um, just... just um, say a thank you to shut up and sit down here yeah um, who are a wonderful gaming site and if you don't know anything about them go and check them out immediately absolutely um, they're very very good um, and possibly one of the things that um, got me back into board gaming because um, I played a lot of board games as a kid but then moved on to role play games and such like and then seeing their reviews and seeing their, their passion and enthusiasm got me back into yeah, yeah. Li likewise I mean um, somewhat tabletop started that but then it really kind of kicked off with Shut Up Sit Down um, yes. uh, the whole Quinn's enthusi enthusiasm for Netrunner got me looking at that yeah. yes there's a difference between tabletop seeing a game played and people having fun is is, is good and it's interesting mm. but seeing a really well presented review that explains what kind of person would like something yeah um, was, is very useful so they're, they're very very good um, they have uh, crunched some numbers that I, <laughs> I will, will draw from cool um, but openly acknowledging my plagiarism um, <laughs> one of the one of the things that they have noticed happening very recently is that the price of games is going up yeah. Mm. Yeah. without competition a monopoly uh, monopoly <laughs> um, allows a company to set its own prices and yeah. not have competition drag those down uh, they were talking about how Ra a fantasy flight game that they would have expected to cost around about £40 was costing 50 um, okay. as a retail price um you have the Mansions of Madness second edition. Now I bought the first edition for about sixty-five pounds, I think it was. Didn't like it, mm -hmm. um, but the second edition was interesting because it has the same appeal to me, and they seem to have fixed a lot of the problems that made me not like it. Any idea what the RRP on the second edition of Mansions of Madness? Are we, are we going to guess? I've read yeah. this article, so I'm going to okay. let's stick out of this because all the prices. Have you? I haven't. Um, okay. I did consider buying it at one point, and I think I was turned off by the price. So that yeah. I'm going to guess uh, the original one was how much? Sorry, that's sixty-five. I think sixty-five. So I'm going to guess this. Oh is no! Gonna... Oh, 
Oh, no. so the original one was fifty. Fifty, yeah, that that sounds. Mm. Yeah, so. so I so I reckon about seventy five quid is probably where you're looking at for the new one. See, I was going to guess that, but now you said that, I'm going to have to go higher, or lower, aren't I? So I'm going to go <laughs> yeah, higher. Higher, yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying seventy five, and Jamie's saying higher. Now it's got less things in the box, apparently. Right. There is an app that accompanies it because that's the GMing for you. So there's uh, it's some, cool. there's 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 a component that isn't visible, but obviously costs money to develop. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, but it costs the RRP is ninety three pounds. Jesus, for <laughs> um, yeah. Mansions of Madness. Now, and to be honest, the, pro- the problem they've got there is the first edition was crap. Yeah, yeah. I well, would never pay anywhere near. No, sixty quid for Mansion Man in Second Edition because the first one wasn't good. No. Yeah, it's it could be hard enough to justify the price of some of these board games because most people interpret them as oh, something you play a couple of times a year. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So you know, trying to introduce new people to as we've been talking about, you know, a game Monopoly costs you thirty or quid for a yeah. brand new shiny copy, and they know it's only you play Christmas, maybe New Year's, a little bit of time during the year. This is what they interpret board games as. Yeah. You then go, yeah, but this one looks really, really fun. It's £93. Yeah, I'm not paying that. I'd rather go... It's, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what's in there, because there's 32 plastic figures, there's 500 components, there's a lot of stuff it in there. It is a big box, but there's also the fact that uh, Manchester Madness, I don't know if the second edition is the same as the first, but there's a lot of expansions as well. Mm. So, you know, it's not, you're not done with just the one box. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. That, that, that's There's a worry in itself. Limited replay value in the first one. Um, I mean, it, you'd very rarely pay full full RRP, but it's going for eighty six pounds, yeah. eighty to eighty five pounds kind of thing online. I mean, if it's, if you're looking at that kind of money, you're looking at a game that's a game you want to play, yeah, more than a few times a year, yeah, that potentially has some other appeal as well. Yes. Uh, the, the I think the, a great example would be the Dark Souls game that's not out yet mm-hmm. but will be fairly hefty in price Yeah, but it's got these figures from a setting you really like that are really nice on their own Yeah, yeah. does Mansions of Madness uh, come with anything apart from just the game well it comes with Cthulhu based models which are can be bought dime a dozen anywhere for anything yeah. it, there's, there's millions of other stuff that looks like that that you can buy into yeah. if you're into that kind of collectible aspect of things yeah. yeah I mean I would compare it to Twilight Imperium in size uh, in size, sort of terms okay. of um, what you're getting although I think Twilight Imperium you've probably got more stuff in there yeah. I mean that's about the same price for like £85 I imagine it's probably similar to the D&D board games like Castle Ravenloft yes actually um, actually personally I actually really enjoyed that game I mean Castle Ravenloft is 65-70 quid yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, is it the case that those box games are now going up in price? Um, they're by far not the only people to be charging that much for a game. No, no. Mm. If you want to buy Scythe, for instance, which recently finished its mm. Kickstarter, and um, the corners of the web which I frequent have been uh, alive with talk of Scythe, um, yeah. that's over a hundred pounds. Yeah, just. It's getting into hobby territory more than. Yeah, you're yeah. you're buying a hobby, not a. I mean, we we ranted and raved about GW prices and yeah. how, like, I I would always think to myself if I'm going to get into a a hobby, mm-hmm. um, which I would class things like Dice Masters, Netrunner, Malifaux, yeah, yeah, in that section, because they're not a standalone product. Mm-hmm. Um. I can get into Malifaux by a gang, buy a couple of extra bits, a rule book and paints and <laughs> another gang for someone else to play for a hundred quid. Yeah. 
just about two two games. Probably not your paints and equipment. But two games, fifty quid. Twenty five pound a box. Thirty pound. Yeah, if you're not expanding them, thirty yeah, pound so a box. Thirty pound a box, sixty. Tenner for the rule book, seventy. Oh, I reckon you could get a GW hobby starter kit for thirty five pound. No. There you go. There's, yeah. there's your hundred five pound that's yeah. gotten you into a yeah. hobby. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all recently started or picked back up or have continued to play Netrunner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I would blush to tell you how much money I've spent on Netrunner because <laughs> I haven't added it up because that would be make me sad. But I didn't need to do that. No, the starter box was thirty yeah. quid and would have been enough to keep me going for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. obviously as a hobby, as something that's you, more it's than something just you pump money into, isn't it? Yeah, you spend a lot of time deck building and you're going to play with it a lot. Uh, for a hundred pounds, you could buy the core box and everything in the latest cycle data pack release and have all the up to date cards. Or two or three of the deluxe expansions mm-hmm. and have a really wide variety of things to draw from. Yeah, yeah. it's the same game every time, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I love board games, but part of the reason people have big collections of board games is because each board game is in and of itself the same thing, and then you want a variety which, of different Which is things. a fun experience, yeah. but you, yeah, like you say, you want that variety. I would rather, yeah. if I'm looking at spending £100, £110, £120, mm. or something like that, that amount of money, I would probably rather go and buy four £25 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than I would £100. Yeah. 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 Unless yeah. it was fucking wicked. Board yeah. gaming is your hobby. For £100, you could buy several smaller games and have mm. a selection. You could buy Code Names, Ticket to Ride, yeah. Resistance, Re- The Resistance, and Netrunner. <laughs> and, yeah, and a couple well, of Probably the, a couple of micro games in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you've got a selection of different things to have a yeah. hobby rather than one game. Yeah. And, you know, that's the downside is are they going to control the market to the point where they can pay whatever they like? And that's something that we need to be <laughs> aware of. Cautious yeah. of. Yeah. It is. Um, um, do they end up doing what we th- basically think GW have done and pricing themselves out of being popular? I don't think they probably go that far. But I think that I, I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of tests in the waters no, coming up no. over the next few months. Who are th- oh, sorry. What interests me about this? We they control Fancy Flight. Yeah, we've all started getting into Netrunner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, would the constant with the well, I say constant with the releases of data packs increase in price? Mm. Yeah, because data packs are quite cheap. Right? About twelve pounds a, a data pack. They are. 12, they are they're about twelve pounds normally. Yeah. I have yeah. noticed the last two data packs at the stores we normally frequent in fifteen sixteen have been. Uh, Fourteen pounds, okay. so two pound increase. But I don't know if that's just like. A little bit of a boost when it comes out and then well, the price goes down. I, I would more new... look at that that we've been having cycles for how many years now? Three? Three and a half. They've yeah. always been about 12 quid. You could just mark that down to inflation. Yeah. yeah. Three years worth just of seems like The last two have come out since this merger. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they've turned around and said, we've not had any inflation on this so far. Mm. But don't get me wrong, if they jump up to 20 quid, yeah. right, there's a, there's an issue here with, with continuing to buy into this. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what but, I mean about testing the waters. I think there's going to be a little bit of price hiking going on until they see a drop off in sales and then they'll reduce yeah. it a little bit. They're going to test to see how far they yeah, can push yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. Now, the Which thing, you can't blame them for, I don't uh, think. Uh, not entirely, but it doesn't bode well for the whole... For the, yeah. the, the hobby, the, the, because yeah. it were. the thing that worries me is that the people that when when prices go up, the people that tend to bear the brunt of that are your friendly local gaming stores. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because I am quite happy to pay the RRP for a game if I get to go in, if I get to maybe try it. 
Yeah, um, as we talked about earlier, if I get to talk about somebody who makes a recommendation, yeah. um, if I get to sort of open it up and have a look and smell the insides before I uh, before I actually buy the game, and maybe you're paying ten percent extra. Yeah, if that the, the bigger that that ten percent say or fifteen percent difference becomes, the less likely people are to commit to buying it from the mm. shop. And yeah. the shops work on very small margins because they've got a lot of overheads. They've got staff to pay. They've got yeah. rent to pay. They've got space to hold, etc., etc. And you know, if you take Mansions of Madness, ten percent was an extra fiver. Mm. Yeah. Now ten percent is nearly a tenner, and that's the point where people might start going actually. I need to buy online. I yep. need to not yep. buy from my local game. And especially as Joe said earlier, it's like it, it's starting to become a bit more accepted. So you get more people just coming off the high street and saying, "Oh, it's ball game shop. I'll go have a look." And then they walk in and see those prices. Mm. They're going to go. Yeah, they'll yeah. walk out yeah. and buy elsewhere, which Listen, could put them out of business. You, you pick yeah. up a game and go, "Oh, it's thirty quid. Oh, it's forty quid. That's fine." And yeah. then you pick up one, that and go, "Hundred quid. Oh, that's obviously an expensive one. I won't bother." Yeah. If the first game you pick up is a hundred pounds, you'd go, oh, "Fuck this shit. I'll go do something else." Yeah. And that that's that's it. Now, do you have is that down to stores marketing and placing the products within the stores well? Are you ever going to pick up a hundred pound game and go, Oh that looks fun, let's just buy it for the sake of it, or are you gonna be selling that to people that want it? Yeah. So do you put it somewhere where people aren't just gonna stumble on it and get appalled by the price? Yeah, it's not gonna be in your shop window. No, no, no definitely not, unless it's got an yeah. amazing box. Mm. Yeah. So but we kind of agreed it could be a really good thing, but it could yeah. also be really, 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 really bad. And um, it might manage to be both at the same time. Yeah, it likely will. Yeah. yeah. Now, another recent development um, going on from talking about Fantasy Flight is that Fantasy Flight and Games Workshop have split up. Ooh. They are embedded in financial union no more. When did this happen? Last week. So since the, the merger. Yes. yes. Although yeah. there's been talks of it for about a year. It's been yeah. rumours so it's, and it's stuff. It's not a new thing. Yeah. Um, and it's not happening immediately. No. no. It's, but not. it's February 28th is the actual date. Yes. 2018. Uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm time travelling. <laughs> <laughs> Can't count. Bad scientist. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not immediate. There has been warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a lot of games that Fantasy Flight publish that are very popular, mm-hmm. that presumably make them quite a lot of money, mm-hmm. that they will no longer be selling. And presumably make Games Workshop a lot of money and sort of splash back royalties and, and that kind of thing. Uh, Jamie, I know you have a list. I do. Um, by coincidence, I don't have a list. And <laughs> there's a, quite a long list. Yeah. Um, but it does include games such as, uh, if you was into it, Blood Bowl Team Manager... Um, it has Dark Heresy, um, and I know quite a lot of people have actually been really into Dark yeah. Heresy, second edition at least. Um, it has Rogue Trader, which is obviously the, the re-release uh, yeah. of the old Rogue Trader. Rogue Trader. Um, Space Hulk, and this is a big one, Talisman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and recently, um, been quite popular, Warhammer Disc Wars yeah. is also included there. Uh, the Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Um, Warhammer 40,000 Conquest which I own yeah, quite like yeah. and that's an interesting one isn't it Aaron yeah because uh, Living Guard game like Netrunner is mm-hmm. so it kind of requires not constant updating but at least a new flow of stuff it coming requires it being alive yeah. yes and yeah. it is dead it's the next game it's ceased yeah. to be <laughs> and while it's not exactly the exclusive um, 
kind of area of FFG, they are kind of the only company doing LCGs at the moment yeah. in any kind of real way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, the question is, what happens to these IPs? You know, do they? You know, who is going to pick them up, or are they going to be? Well, I mean, picked up? yeah, I mean, could, could they be taken over by another company? Theoretically, what normally happens with IPs, and obviously it depends on how the contract works, mm. but would normally recede back to the person who originally sold them. So, back yeah. to Games Workshop. Now, the IP for Warhammer. Yeah. Or, like if we take, take Warhammer Conquest, yeah. for example, one forty k Conquest. Um, now, the Warhammer forty thousand IP goes back to them. Yeah. If they sold that onto someone else and they went, we want to continue making Conquest, mm-hmm. would they have to buy the rights and the idea of the game and all that stuff from Fantasy Flight? Theoretically. So it's that a makes huge minefield, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it gets really complicated. Yeah. So Fantasy so Flight could theoretically just repatch it, reskin it, yeah. swing else. I that a, expect these all to die. Yeah, yeah but that I mean, we've had Talisman die like twice before we yeah. come back, and you know, mm. something's mm. going to happen. One but. thing I was really disappointed to see on that list because it was originally a Games Workshop game way, way back in the day, but mm. wasn't tied into actually any of their standard IPs that they use now. Was Fury of Dracula? Mm. Okay. See, I don't know much about um, that. So, you... which it it was kind of mythical. Round about the time I started getting into board games a few years ago. Um, it had been out of print for a while. It's a hidden movement game. You run around Europe trying to find Dracula. One of you is Dracula and you write down where you are secretly and yeah. you move around trying to enact your plans. Um, it has re- it only got re-released a couple months ago, yeah. a, a new edition. I know it's going and it's really hard to find because yeah. um, it's sold out. Yeah, because people are going, oh, we might not be here anymore. Well, that, it out. sold out before this news. Oh, really? Because it was really, really popular. Mm, yeah. Because people were like, it's sort of the precursor to games like Whitechapel. Um, oh, okay. And I can't remember the name of it, but there's a sci-fi version where you play um, sort of assassins infiltrating a, a, a secure compound mm. break-in. Um, completely gone from my mind um, what it's called. But there's lots of other games on it, but it was kind of the first one like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it, it's just come back and now we're being told no yeah and I'm, like, I haven't had a chance to buy it yet I really hope it gets reprinted yeah. before yeah. it times out I mean what I'm what I'm seeing probably is going to happen with our IP is Games Workshop will and this is really going to depend on how many of these little uh, indie developers there are left after the big mergers and buyouts that have been happening recently yeah. what they've done doing similar things to what they've done with the video games is essentially scattershot the IP to anybody mm-hmm. who wants to buy it off them. Yep. Go, right, you can have this bit, you can have that bit, you can have all these little bits of the IP, and then just pushing out games of front and centre. Yep. Yeah. Not technically them, but other people. And if it's crap, they can wash their hands of it, because, well... We didn't make it. Yeah, we didn't make it. If it's great, yeah. they can, you know, buy in on the... Yeah. Uh, Do you know what this question raises? So what, a question we've asked before. What the fuck games work? <laughs> yeah. Fancy flight make good shit. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah well, we, we talked about well, this in our GW podcast. We our, why, why we don't games workshop no more podcast yeah. because we are eloquent. Um, and yeah, I feel they're devaluing their brand with their scattershot approach yeah. to mm. games. You can't look at something that's a games workshop computer game and know it has any quality now, no. which you used to be able to do. And I don't want to see that with the board games as well. Um, one thing that's also worth mentioning, um, as Joe just pointed out, is that um, it's not only the games, but also any sort of Fantasy Flight supply, which is Fantasy, Flight, uh, Fantasy Flight's brand for things like card sleeves yeah. and other types of paraphernalia that comes with the games. Okay. Um, that's also obviously going to be gone by the wayside yeah. if it contains Games Workshop imagery. And I know that when we was at the Hobbit Hole a couple of weeks ago, Joe mm. was actually admiring some of the... 
Some of the sleeves. Some of the sleeves. Are really nice. Yeah. There's ones yeah. with the with blood letters on or Eldar warlocks and so, and it's really really pretty art. And yeah, stuff. to go probably to go alongside with conquest, conquest and yeah. things like that. Yeah. But, yeah. but you could use though anyone can use those if you you're put your Magic the Gathering deck in it if, if you really you're if you're also a forty k yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but so, not anymore. No. Well, buy them now. Yeah. Before they're dead. Um, yeah. Yeah, think, it's a shame. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing for me is about a month ago I spotted Fantasy Flight. They announced quite a long way in advance. They've mm. got a timer. It's about 200 days to go till release. Mm. They announced a game called Rune Wars. Yeah. Mm. Now, oh, let me just check. Like, it says there's different going to be played on tiny discs. <laughs> <laughs> that tiny, archaic, archaic shape. Block. Um, yeah, it's... Rune Wars is an existing IP that, that Fantasy Flight have, an existing sort of world and such like. But mm. they announced Rune Wars the Miniatures game, mm. which looks like the way that Warhammer Fantasy Battle used to work. You will yeah. build block units, so not individual skirmishes. Mm. You have a square base with four holes in it for four models, and they have little jigsaw bits that you clip together to make mm -hmm. a bigger unit. They've got... Uh, two different factions in there. Um, the undead faction in there looks really, really nice. There's a, a skeleton riding a giant carrion maggot worm thing. Yeah. That looks really, really good. Mm. But it's being sold not as a, a board game with miniatures, which nope. is what they've done up until now. It's being sold as a miniatures game in a mm. similar way to Warhammer 40,000, yeah. Warhammer, Malifaux, nope. Privateer Press games, all that stuff. It's, it's sold as a collectible... Mm hobby game where you collect and build and paint yes. so it's interesting because Fantasy Flight do a couple of miniature games already okay X-Wing mm -hmm. is Fantasy Flight and yeah. is a miniatures game as far as they are concerned yeah as far as they're concerned I would class that as a board game with miniatures because you buy pre-painted pre-assembled yes. things this is the thing they're making a big deal out of the fact that these are unpainted models that you right. put colours on you and craft your army I mean the timing of it it kind of gives the impression that possibly um, Fantasy Flight started thinking about developing this yeah. around the same sort of time that the latest uh, version of Warhammer Fantasy Battles yeah. was released um so what's the title of the name? Uh, the Age of Sigma. Age of Sigma was um, kind of announced and released. Mm. Um, so the other question is maybe we talk about like um, cross pollination, the theming, mm. things like that. And there is this kind of separation between FFG and and uh, Games Workshop. Will we see any of these other styles of games that have previously been Warhammer games? Mm -hmm. Be now tied into Rune Wars because they are the actual. While well, we we create yeah. this system, we can just yeah. reskin it. Yeah. Yeah. Rune Wars Disc Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, no, they need That's to rename that. <laughs> complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Now, just looking here, they make Dust Tactics, which is a miniatures game. Yes. Yeah. Um, that looks like a, a proper one, as we would consider a miniatures game, as opposed yeah. to a board game with miniatures. Um, but does it clash with? Games Workshop brand as closely as Rune Wars does because Games Workshop do have this thing where anything that kind of fantasy based is theirs yeah they are they're very they like to have that monopoly yeah. which is slipping from them yes. and this is why I think they're kind of going a bit mad at the yeah. moment because they liked having the monopoly on miniature games they like being like yeah we're the, we're the, the one that everyone plays yeah. they're not anymore because they're crap now so yeah there are some rumours going about online about 
what's happened and things like that the kind of time frames for when they knew and not knowing about renewing the license stuff that being a kind of mutual decision between the two yeah. of them but essentially kind of alludes to the fact that Games Workshop is starting to see FFG as a competitor probably because of Room possibly not probably I should say possibly because of Room Wars maybe even the um, the X-Wing stuff and things like that because again like you said it's another Mergers game possibly them seeing it as a competitor yeah. or FFG see themselves as well we can go into this kind of market we should probably split because they're not going to be happy about doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah or or even uh, because they're leaving, like because they might not have done something like this before out of courtesy. Yeah, to not compete with someone they're in yeah. business with, and if that business is obviously ending, they have no loyalty to turn around and say, "Oh, well, we won't release this because it kind of yeah, directly yeah. competes with something you already set." Yeah, because oh, it, it just come across so it's come to a renewal time, yeah. and so they can go. Well, the contract's ended, so. Yeah. We're going to do this. You go, yeah. We'll go a separate oh, way. You go back to your designers who have come up with all these ideas and go, you know, all that stuff we said we wouldn't do because it would compete with Games Workshop and that'd be awkward. Go Get back it. on it. Yeah. 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 I mean, th- this is it. I mean, having a having a situation where, like you said, if, if they've been unable to come to agreeable terms, yeah, um, it may be a case of FFG going, well, we we want this, this, and this, and if you can't give it to us, we've got stuff planned that we'll do instead. Yeah. So rather yeah. than pumping more money into making games for you, we'll make our own war one and make Rune Wars. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's rumor, it's speculation, yeah. it's believable. It'd be quite interesting to see. Most of the good rumors. It's are. a big shake-up, isn't it? it There's is. a lot of good, good games that were going to disappear and a big gaps in the market. Apparently. And as as they are now owned by this massive corporation, yeah. they might be able to I pump would, more money and make this yeah. really good. Mm. And we have seen Games Workshop making more board games recently. Mm. They've made. Kill Team is it the yeah. Assassin-y game? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, might not have got the name right. Um, and they made Warhammer a Warhammer Quest new version. Yeah, and which is a board game as we've, well. We've talked before about them planning all of their specialist game releases like Blood Bowl and stuff. It's a fair way off, but those things are coming. Yeah, yeah so maybe FFG wanted in on that. Yeah, yeah. It's a board game, not a thingy game we should partner for it and they've gone no you know there's all all kinds there's all sorts of things there could be all sorts of different ways this has occurred but it is interesting to see it get shaken up yeah yeah. and well sad for those people who've bought into Conquest or something like that Conquest because all your other games they're going to exist if you've got them on your shelf you can play them can't you yeah Yeah, you can can still play Conquest Conquest, I mean I've looked at packs and gone oh maybe if they release this I might pick that I like the Dark Eldar in it I might buy that but now my brain just goes it's not getting ongoing support so if anything they've bought Mm -hmm. now is unbalanced Mm -hmm. that they plan on fixing later no would you get into it Jamie knowing that it's not going to get any more stuff I wouldn't know no I think a big part of the appeal of those sort of court games is that they move, they adapt, they change. They're fluid. Yeah. yeah. They are living. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, it's like maybe outside of the potential of maybe just buying a core set and just playing the core set as a, as a self-contained board game. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I've been quite tempted to do with some of the Dice Masters sort of yes. box sets, like the Turtles one. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't ever want to get into collecting it any more beyond yeah. that, and especially now knowing that it's going to die. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so yeah so strange times yes um, just to finish off then mm. um, we didn't talk about your preview did we for next week you're doing that now yeah so I've um, I found out recently that I'm going to be going to EGX on the 23rd and apparently there's going to be lots of uh, tabletop things there now looking at the um, press releases and things that have come out so far 
there's not much information on what is going to be there because it's really obviously focused mostly on video games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do intend to go along, see what they have, and maybe uh, do a bit of a report on you know what we see. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Is that Eurogamer Expo? It is. It's been renamed. It was the Eurogamer Expo. It's now just called EGX. Okay, it's not the first one then. No. No. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't actually heard of it. Yeah, yeah, they do it. I don't know how many years have been doing it. Yeah, it's been a while. I know Eurogamer, um, they're, they're patchy, but they do cover board games and tabletop mm. things. Yeah. Um, they quite often get Quinn's from Shut Up and Sit Down. For yeah. I've seen a couple yeah. of his reviews on there because um, he used to write for them and things like yeah. that. So there, there is, there, there's precedent for them. There yeah, is. So it's going to be interesting to see what they have. Um, you know, might even see if I can grab an interview of somebody while I'm there. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah, that could, that'd be something to, to look forward to. Um, I kind of want to go. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> like to go because those sort of things are really cool normally, but yeah, life is hard. Yeah. Um, right, finally then, just to, to round up and let Aaron go home. Because yes. um, we've overrun. Um, have we played anything new, anything interesting recently we haven't mentioned? Is there anything cool going on tabletop gaming wise that um, we should talk about? Netrunner. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of Netrunner. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been interesting. I've had quite a few people have. You've had Joe. You've had someone mention to you. We've had a couple, couple of people. Being I've interested. had a couple of people mention to me that they're interested. I played a game with a a friend who is a very casual, light sort of gamer. Mm. Uh, when he came round, I hadn't seen him for a while, and he was really interested as well. It seems to have an appeal. I, it does. I've managed to get a lot of people into Netrunner. Yeah, um, um, we succeeded with me and Aaron yeah. and, and and Joe. Joe yeah, 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 you introduced yeah. me to it. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and quite a lot of people around <laughs> the area. Um, and yeah, I have, uh, I did have a intro game with a new member of staff um, uh, where I work uh, last week, and he's suddenly really into wanting to get on board as well. Is it someone in your your area? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. I've got a, so, yeah. someone who's mentioned to me is someone I work we work with as well. Yeah. So so elsewhere. he's suddenly really into Netrunner potentially. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's. There's definitely interest from people, and you know, being from the Peterborough area, if there's anyone from Peterborough out there who's maybe bought the core box and then hasn't played for a while because it's sort of died off, mm. or if you're interested in starting but you're worried about finding opponents, get in touch, leave a comment, mm. um, poke us on Facebook, let us know on Twitter, however you want to get in contact, yeah. because if we can get enough people interested, we can encourage our local stores to run more tournaments, maybe do some draft tournaments, increase what's going on. Or you could just, you know, we can, we'll go to the pub yeah. and have a night at yeah, the pub yeah. playing shit. Well, potentially we could run it ourselves if we... Well, this we is the thing, we are, we are basically, we are looking oh, into... The Critical Twits Netcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we are looking into getting local stuff working. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't go through the store, then we will be looking into doing it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and running something somewhere. Yeah. Do a pop-up yeah. thing and run... A, a Netrunner event yeah. so if there yeah. is interest do let us know because we, we are keen on getting this yeah. going locally yeah yeah. Um, and it'll be really good training for when I eventually crush Aaron underneath my grim uh, but exquisitely tailored boot <laughs> in He's, upset at you beating him at the tournament yeah. Aaron that's what that's yeah. what yeah. Cyberpunk yeah. does look good doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'd need, I'd need some fancy boots possibly with some big buckles on or something it's a bit cyberpunky. Maybe blades that shoot out the laces. I don't know. You're looking at me like I'm mad. Narrow weave laces. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, Don't validate his ideas. <laughs> Sorry, he'll chop his own fingers off where he defies a tie them. <laughs> yeah, and then he can't net run. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we did a last week. We did a, our very first net runner based episode. So if you haven't checked that out, if you're, you're intrigued, have a look at that. Mm. Um, still soldiering away on Gen Lab Alpha. We are um, mm. enjoying that. Let, let you all know that um, I talked a lot about Murakami, the giant yak. Um, he is an ex-yak. Well, he's, he's a missing yak. He's a missing yak. Yeah. Um, so I'm now playing a four-armed dog with a death wish. Look, good. One of the characters Ooh. is convinced is actually a lizard in disguise. Yes. Yeah. And Jamie's joined us for that as well. He has. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's been quite interesting. I know a red squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jamie's going to join us as well for talking about our next roleplay thing about how to run a game as we've already covered how to how to play um, so be good. We've, we've covered how to make a character we think yeah. we're going to cover how to run a session yeah. Yeah. or create a session in, in fact as well Yeah, and then follow that up with maybe a, a general guide to playing and ideas and stuff like that yes yeah so sounds good cool yeah. uh, so thanks very much for listening uh, this has been our very first ever board talk uh, for September 2016. I've been Brian Ennis. I've been Aaron Vitsky. I've been Joe Lewin. And I've been Jamie Myland. And collectively we have been the Critical Twits. Until next time, thank you very much. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Let people know about what we do if you have enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye. 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 We all said bye. Yay.